It's us. Hi. We're the podcasters. It's us. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. We're the Sibs. And you're listening to Swift and Swigs with Sibs. That's right. This is the podcast where a brother and a sister discuss two of their favorite things, Taylor Swift and cocktails. Every episode, we will choose a song from Taylor Swift's 200-plus song catalog. We'll each pair a cocktail with that song, and then we will break down our favorite musical mixology moments. Hey, Sam, are we ready for it? I think we are. recording yeah we're recording we're recording all right (laughs) let's just get to it because sam we have a big episode ahead of us welcome swiggies welcome sam i was gonna give the intro but go for it i guess welcome everybody (laughs) i'm too excited i'm too excited what how would you like to welcome us sam i i took over well oh my god i i i'm gonna say some things in this episode today that are going to I think offend a couple of people, including you. <gasps> I have a feeling oh, that that's going to happen. So I'm just going to lay this out there and say, you know, tune in, so put your seatbelt on, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, get ready for it because this is I'm going to I'm going to spill some tea about about okay. some things. But okay. Okay. why don't you I'm lead prepared. us in, Rachel? This is episode 47. Why don't you lead us in with the most obvious thing that we need to discuss? Since the last time you and I have recorded a podcast, some things have happened. Go I for it. I think we just start with Ole, 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 Taylor, Taylor. Taylor. Yes, only you. I love Buenos Aires so much. I've mentioned this in the past, but I love it even more now because. Yeah, Sam, it's your country. Here. Taylor just went to Argentina. I know. Buenos Aires. Wasn't there? I know. And which would have been amazing, which would have been fun to talk about, just that itself, because you love that country. I love that country. I've spent a lot of time in that country. I've been to that stadium before. Okay. So we all know, I mean, the whole world knows that Taylor Swift performed in Buenos Aires, uh, you know, several days ago. Um, The fans were electric. That was probably, I'm assuming Taylor feels. Like, how has she never p- performed in Buenos Aires before? Because those fans were absolutely feral. I live streamed the first night on Thursday. It was so much fun. I love hearing the fans when their beautiful, cute little accents singing it's along. So fun. I love the ole, 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 Taylor, Taylor. That's like, that's what they, they chant always at a soccer game, at a concert. They do the ole, 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 ole. I don't know if like other Latin American countries do that too, but Argentina is like obsessed with that chant. Um, and it was fun like seeing Taylor respond and react because she's like never performed in this country before. So it was like a totally new vibe for her. And I think she was absolutely blown away by how electric the fans were. And as they should be, because she freaking brought it. What has it been like two, three months since she's performed? And she's back, baby. Boy, is she back. Yeah, she she matched their energy Dotes. with something that would have given any crowd, like, electricity. The, the fans, like my dog in the background right now, were thirsty. 
know if you can hear that dog <laughs> licking that water up. I, I cannot. They were thirsty. Yeah. Mother fed us. I sound mm-hmm. like such a Gen mm-hmm. Zer right now, but mother fed us. Yeah. We yeah, ate it up. Did. Left no crumbs. And and so did Travis. Bless his heart. So this was the this was the first show that Travis has been to since the their relationship, I suppose you could say. Sure. And I mean Sam. Sam. Yes, Rachel. Are you like do you care as much as I care about the success of this relationship or are you just like in it for the ride? Oh, I'm not in it for the ride. That's like the number one thing. So this is the tea. This is the tea, Rachel. Okay. Okay. Then then just lay it out right here. Okay. I support the relationship first and foremost. Okay. And I great. I want let the record show. I believe it's real. I believe it's genuine. Okay. There's a lot of like commentary about is this just a PR stunt? Are they even in relationship? Is this real? Is this fake? I don't believe in that. I don't blame that. Not at all. I do. Maybe it started off that way, but it's not there anymore. No, we're we're at Whatever. that part of the rom com where yes. oopsies, I'm actually falling for this person that okay. I was. Mm-hmm. It's it's giving a how to lose a guy in ten days kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yes, totally. I do have an issue, and yeah, tell me. The issue is basically that it feels very contrived. It feels like it's very much for show and it it gives me the ick i cringe a little bit with the clip where she's running to him after the show and she like falls into his arms and they kiss i get a little cringy very cringy when she changes the lyrics of karma to sing it to him karma is the guy on the streets I get cringy that it seems the entire world, I mean, definitely like 98% of the Swifties at least, are absolutely eating this up and loving every minute of it. I get cringy and I get icky because it feels so forced. You know what it reminds me of, Rachel? It reminds me a lot of The Hunger Games when Katniss and PETA, they were doing excessive PDA because they knew that the fans went wild for that. And then the fans would then root for them to win the Hunger Games, which is essentially what was saving their lives in the Hunger Games. If you know, you know. It's reminding me so much of Katniss and PETA. It just feels like awkwardly forced. And that's my problem with it. And I just want them to have something of a normal relationship. Um, Because there's no way, there's no way that they love being in the public eye so much. I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm going to cut you off okay. right there. Okay. Because I actually think you're forgetting who they are. This is a guy who is in the spotlight and is as as a star. I almost said World Series. <laughs> oh, my lordy. Super Bowl winning tight end, like on a Super Bowl winning team. You don't get that far in your athletics if you're if that is not if the attention is not enjoyable. You also don't go on commercials. You don't have a podcast. You don't go on a documentary if you don't really actually enjoy being in the world, being of the world, and knowing how people feel about you. 
Okay. But there's a fine line, I think, between being a celebrity, being in the public eye, and then showcasing your romantic love on the largest scale possible. We know that every 8 billion people in this world, I'm sorry, I don't know about like the tribal people in the Amazon rainforest if they've seen this love, but everybody else has seen this love. And that just feels so weird. To you, you are a Joe. You are a Joe. I am a Joe. I am in my Joe era. And I think there are, (laughs) I do think that there are Joes in this world. And in fact, I think that Joe is exactly what Taylor needed in 2016. Definitely. That she needed to go black. She needed to go dark. She needed to go private because she had to come back together and like figure her stuff out. Okay. Yeah. Joe is exactly who she needed to be for those six very intentional years of her life. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. Taylor, I think the reason why Taylor is just winning so much right now, and it's the reason why every single time I watch her perform, I am moved to tears. And that is because that is a girl, that is a woman, that is a person who is living into their very best self right now. She is living in, she loves the spotlight. And there is nothing wrong with that. She is successful. She is smart. And she is being actually, for once, appreciated for that. And I really feel safe this time that she is in control. I don't think she was in control before. But I think, I feel confident this time that she's telling this story. She's not letting the media tell this story. She's not letting. and, And yes, it's getting blown out of proportion. But do you know why? It's because right now, And for so many years, we've just been hungry for a little bit of joy and like to latch on to the beginning joy of it all for the anticipation. This is the reason why women, I'm just going to say women, maybe men read romance novels, but particularly they should. It's called the bromance novel, but I'm just going to move on from that. We love that trope. We love the perfect utopia. I'm going to link in our show notes to an article by Anne Helen Peterson, who writes about culture. She wrote about this very thing. It's like, why are we so obsessed with this? Why is everyone obsessed That's with it? That's my point is why are we obsessed with this? Because we really need a good story. We like need a really good trope. Mm-hmm. And whether or not it's show, I don't know. I think that both Taylor and Travis recognize it's working for them and it's working for the it, it's working for the the society like it's, it's work, definitely it's happy, working it's for joyful. society but what we don't know is if or if it's not working for them all i'm mm, saying I think is i any body language person would look at their body language in that the way that he was standing when she went to embrace him with his hands behind his back letting her take the lead like Oh, you were rolling your eyes at me. Okay. No, I, I mean, I'm, 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 again, I'm standing I, by Travis Lo- <laughs> is really into her and vice versa. So, of course, he's going to have open body language to her. It's just, are they really that comfortable putting this out for everybody to fall in love with? I know that they they know that it's working for the public. So that's great that they're they're giving us this this thing that we can all attach ourselves onto. But we don't know at the end of the day if or they're not, if they are, if they're not indeed comfortable with this. And that's all I'm saying is I just want them to be comfortable. And I, I hope and it, that they're happy. I, I also speak. 
speak as a person who I'm very vocal about my life online as well. I don't have millions of followers, okay? I have a thousand. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for me to be that way. But I do believe that there are personalities that are more comfortable in letting the world see it and letting the world see them break. Like, I think Taylor is a person who is okay with being seen broken. And I mean, we see that in a lot of her discography. Like, she talks about it. She talks about that, I think particularly in the song that we're about to get into today, that heartbreak is a real thing and it's something it's devastating it's part of a relationship but she's one who said like she's sometimes willing to fall really hard just for the thrill of the love like she just loves a love story too much there's a lot though i don't think we're getting i think that there's certainly so much more to the story Absolutely. But I would love to have all of it to be perfectly selfish. It's going to be interesting, okay. too, because she is starting, embarking. I think she has another uh, stint in, in Brazil. Then she takes a break. It's around the holidays. And then starting in February, she goes on tour again for like a year. So that's going to be interesting wow. is like, how are they going to... The, the it's also his... Off season. Like, yeah. off season. Mm-hmm. It's true. I don't know. Anyway, okay, Sam, I totally respect. It's it's actually just like delightfully sweet that you're protective of her and them. I just feel like I'm the and only one. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here because I'm the only one that has like voiced this opinion. I've not seen anything on the internet about. That's your algorithm. I know that there are people that be. are worried about it, but I, I think, um. I think it's going to be okay. I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> and when they're not, we're going to get some dang loop music. But I got to say, but here's my like, are we really going to get like some super cheesy football metaphors? Like, are we going to get an entire album? <laughs> I mean, she played Endgame. So <laughs> I know. I know. But like, are we going to get an entire area. album with like Endgame like <laughs> metaphors? Like that might get old. <laughs> Listen, I what love Endgame so very oh. much. Can we I think about- as a general fandom, like we we don't collectively love that song. I do. Oh, I love that song. I'm glad we can agree on that. Honestly, okay. So recently, so let's let's do a little bit of transition into Taylor's music. Okay, okay. First of all, let's have just a brief chat about the incredible surprise songs that we got. Yes. Okay. Is it over now? With the out of the woods bridge mashup, I'm still not. I'm still not over that now. I really am not. <laughs> no, I'm not either. No, I don't want to be. This is another reason why Argentina won, um, because they were, you know, because of that particular moment. Um, but I mean, the song "Is It Over Now?" in general, I think I've made this clear. Is my absolute favorite vault track of, of 1989. Up. It's moved up there now. It's for me. one of my favorite. Taylor songs of all time. Wow. I might have a little recency bias right now. Yeah. But I I, I I, absolutely love that song so very much. And the fact that she matched it up with Out of the Woods where she's just Another like. Another incredible song that you love? Ugh. So that was, that was fantastic. What else did we get? She played Endgame. We got Endgame. We got Slut. We got Slut. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. We got Slut. 
Um, we got Labyrinth. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my God. So that was the thing. That was the thing. Was Luminites was live streaming. And I saw Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Rachel, you have talked about how much you love that song. I'm just waiting for you to choose that um, yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, but the, the moment when she sings, oh, I'm falling uh, in love, I'm falling in love, I'm falling in love again. And she's like yeah. smiling. I'm falling in I did love that moment. A, I love that song. Um, I really wished that the acoustic version where she was playing Labyrinth on the piano, I wish it had that same moment in the song Labyrinth when the beat drops towards the end because that's my favorite part of the whole song. Argentina, God bless you. Taylor, blessed, blessed you. Right. Like, like, I think that's, you know what? That's exactly what happened at that, like, Buenos Aires thing. Like, I was just like, there is so much incredibleness. I don't even know where to begin. I almost can't breathe. There's like too much amazing Taylor that just keeps happening. We need paper bags over here. We are hyperventilating, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, champagne problems, right? Like, seriously. Seriously. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say something here. Uh Uh-oh. This is going to be a long episode. The past... Two episodes have been long episodes. And I don't know if anyone's going to give us feedback on this, but I am curious to know, Swiggies, if we do these longer episodes, are you still in for the ride? Like, I don't, we're not going to push two hours on an episode, but Rachel, you've, you and I have talked about, I've used to like make sure that our episodes were like no longer than an hour, but they're starting to creep into the hour and a half territory now. Yeah. are yeah. we okay with that? Are you still on board with us? Will you still listen to us if if, if shit goes long? Because I don't want to have to cut any of this juicy content from yeah. an episode. I mean, don't don't leave us crestfallen on the landing here, Swiggies. Like, let us know, please. Let, let us know. Let us know. All right. Okay. Let's let's move on to our next segment, shall we? What, well, yeah. I just want to acknowledge here. We've we've got Rachel. Okay. I, I met. I was working at the distillery last weekend, and <gasps> yes. on on the same day on Saturday. It's a pretty busy day at the bar. I met so many people on Saturday that are Swifties. Oh, and fun. of course, I introduced them to our podcast. So I just want to say hi. Hopefully, they're listening. I want to say hi to David. Welcome aboard the Swiggy train. Hello, David. Um, hi to Jamie, who's actually a coworker. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. And I think Jamie's sister is also. Hi, Jamie's sister. Obsessed. Hi, guys. And then hi to Rachel. Not you, Rachel, but another okay. Rachel. Um, Rachel and Rachel. I had a really fun chit-chat about how we, you know, are obsessive Swifties and not everybody can get on board with that. Uh, but it was just really fun meeting all these all these new Swifties and, and maybe now we're going to convert you into being a Swiggy. So I just want to say welcome to the podcast, new people. So if you are new, if you're mm-hmm. returning, you know the drill. But if you're new, every episode, Rachel and I like to do a segment called We're Doing Good, We're On Some New Shit. We're saying yes instead of no to new music. So what's the new shit that we're listening to? I'm doing good, I'm on some new shit. Rachel, my new shit is pretty silly, but I think you're oh. going to be into it. Okay. Okay, no, my new shit is... <laughs> It's a mashup. Mm. A song that like somebody mashed up. It's on YouTube. 
of Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Ugh. The mashup is good. You and this is I'm going off that. of um, – so I was editing our episode on Slut, and your new shit last week was the Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, like, playlist back and forth, and particularly yes. Yes. a Harry Styles song. And in my research, I discovered there was a mashup between Style okay. and a One Direction song called Perfect – I don't know if you're okay. familiar. Uh-huh. So the song the is called Perfect Style. And the mashup is is really good. And I think people think that Perfect is about Taylor Swift. I haven't looked at the timeline of these things. So I don't I don't know. I haven't really delved deep. But that's my new shade is this like silly mashup on YouTube called Perfect so Style. So fun. I need to go find that. It's really good. We never go out of style. We never go out of style. You Both songs have a very similar chorus, so it works it works really well. That's my new shit. Okay. I've been really excited to talk about this song, and I just like got distracted about it the last couple of weeks. The Beatles have a new oh. song. Have you listened no, to it? No, I've been meaning to. Tell me about it. Okay. It's called Now and Then. And obviously, how do the Beatles have a new song? Two out of the four are dead. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this even more incredible. So... Years ago, in like 93, um, Yoko Ono sent to the other living Beatles members this cassette tape that she had of songs and music that John Lennon had recorded of him just like messing around on the piano. And they turned a couple of them already into, into music. They took, they were able to take it off, like strip, like turn it into songs and like do them together. And that was in the nineties when they had new, their albums like re-released or whatever. But there was this one on there called Now and Then. And John's singing was really hard to pull out um, because the guitar was so much louder and is playing, and we and at that time there was no technology in order to like pull each of the different sounds out of the music. So they tried to do it. They worked on it for a day, and they just got frustrated, and they didn't like didn't like the quality of it, and so they just like let it go. So it went and in the vault. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. They realized that they now have technology to extrapolate the sounds in this cassette tape. And so they brought it back out on the table. They were able to not only like use John Lennon's voice, but they also had some older guitar playing from George Harrison, who's also dead. And pull it together to create this song. Okay, so it's a lot to say about this one song. It's a, it's a very simple song, but actually I like it's called Now and Then, which I'm really intrigued by as I like was studying it myself in the in the you know Swift and Swig sort of way. Is that like the phrase now and then is like understood to sometimes be like, oh when I, like sometimes I do that. Like when I, I think of you now and then. Mm-hmm. I miss you now and then. Um but also, if you think about the phrase now and then, it's almost more permanent. Like, I miss you now and I miss you th- and I mm. missed you then. I love you now and I loved you then. Now and then, I miss you 
it's actually just a really simple song that you could just like pull out some incredible meaning from it. And also to me, it's very cool that we have the music now and the music then. Like, I, I, anyway, there's a documentary that goes along with this that's on YouTube, so you can watch it and learn about it. It's only like 12 minutes long. So it's really, really good. Really well done. The Beatles, man. I love it. Yeah. I love Who the thought Beatles. they would be on our new shit? What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Okay, Rachel. For the love of everything <laughs> that is holy, can we start swigging on our cocktails? Yes, please. No, but we have to introduce the song. Okay, so I chose the song this week. Happy Thanksgiving, Rachel, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving, oh, Swiggies. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Maybe you're listening to this episode on a random July day, but happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, this episode is coming out the day after Thanksgiving. I chose this song because there's a couple particular lyrics in here that remind me of Thanksgiving. Um, the song is Champagne Problems. Because I... Dropped you hand while dancing, left you out there standing, crestfallen on the land in champagne problems. I feel like this might be one of the like I've I feel similarly about this song as I do about All Too Well. Like oh. inevitably we're gonna break down these these heavy hitting songs, these massive fan favorite songs, and there's just like so much pressure going into that. But I'm going to throw caution to the wind. It is a very freaking windy day where I am right now. So the caution Perfect. is being thrown. And we're just going to tackle this this amazing song. Um, yeah. But do you remember when I said earlier in the beginning of the episode that I've got some controversial things to say? Uh, yeah, you haven't even said them yet? I really no, I've said my I've, I've spoken my piece about the Swellsy situation. Uh, okay, the what's the I'm next say, one? You're going to break my heart? I just... I've never loved this song, Rachel. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I said it. I said it. Wow. But like a yeah, lot of the songs that we do on our on our podcast, it I've I've grown to really appreciate it through breaking it down with you. You've, um, you've grown to tolerate it, maybe. Oh my god! Don't get me started on tolerate it. I <laughs> love that song. No, I think the thing about Champagne Problems is. I, I I've never I never like got why the fans immediately latched onto it so much. I I the lyrics I, I love that like this whole thing is a story and it's it's a I mean one of her best storytelling lyrically I think the song is great. I think it's just like the melody and, and the music mm. of this song. Mm. It's a little boring to me. I'm sorry mm. I said it. Yeah, you're not the first person who said it, and okay. I. Strongly disagree, but okay. I, not, I, no, no, actually, I don't think I disagree. I think that's why I love it. So, okay. so you agree it's boring? Nope. I agree <laughs> that it's um, stripped down. Yeah, yeah. But this is fine. This is great. This is why it's so good that you and I have a podcast. Yeah. You know, I mean, I kind of half admitted I didn't really like Blank Space, you, and that's, you, that could you really said blow it. up. You did say I mean, that. I said it. I didn't just half admit it. I kind of just said it. Yeah. So anyways, that's so... that's my unpopular opinion. Okay. Um, I, I respect the song. I've, I just, like, I've never, like, loved it. But it's it's giving a little bit of things. It's giving Thanksgiving. Loving, loving giving, that we can say that. It's giving um, Thanksgiving. So let's start swigging, Rachel. Yes, And then we'll get please. into the whole breakdown of everything. Um, okay. Who should go first? I feel like I've just been gabbing. I'll go first. Go I'll first? go first. All right, Speaking Rachel. of giving Thanksgiving, it's just too bad this is coming 
after Thanksgiving because I feel like my cocktail is also giving Thanksgiving, obviously, because it's inspired by the song. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this would be perfect for a Thanksgiving gathering. But you know what? It's also perfect for a Christmas gathering. So I kind of created a cocktail that could go, that is like a beautiful in-between of a a November flush and a flannel cure. Mm Mm-hmm. And a however green. Ooh, okay. So depending on um, what you're celebrating, if you want to lean more into your November flush, like if you're still going to have a Friendsgiving or something and you want to have a punch, I think this would be great for that. But also if you're going to lean into your Christmas spirit, um, you plop an evergreen otherwise known as rosemary sprig in it. But I haven't even told you about the cocktail yet. No, you're okay. not. So – I should have brought it up with me to show you, but I, this, this might be really hard for those who don't live within a driving distance of Trader Joe's because the thing that makes <laughs> this cocktail is an item that I found at Trader Joe's this week. And I was like, that's giving champagne problems okay. and that's giving Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay. So it's a spread called the maple cranberry orange spread. Okay. And all of those flavors, to me, speak Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. They speak Christmas. Like, it was just like, it's basically a jelly. And you know what's so great about using a jelly or a spread, a pumpkin butter, an apple butter? It's like all the flavors are, like, right there ready for you. You don't have to do any work. Sure. So it makes for a really fun, easy cocktail. So I love a good gin and jam cocktail, which is using some gin and using some jam. Um, A lot of people like to do that in the leftovers of their jam jar. I just take gin with a plop tablespoon of this spread. I squeezed in half a lemon because I wanted to give it some zest. I don't think you need a lot of lemon juice because there is some tartness with that cranberry and the orange Mm -hmm. in this spread. It's not as sweet as I thought. Like it does have some great tang already to it, but just a little bit of lemon juice because I just, I don't like too much sweetness. Mm -hmm. Um, You shake that up. You strain it into your cocktail glass. I, I needed a like a double strain because she thick. Yeah, it's like it's got a lot of the pulp from the spread yes. that kind of yeah. sticks around. So you really want to double strain it. Um, then you splash out on the bottle mm-hmm. uh, of champagne on top of it mm-hmm. to make it festive. I think you could do this as a punch in a sham like a big champagne punch bowl. Um, if you're having a big party, I think that you could just add this jam to some sparkling water and let it be like your mocktail at your gathering as well, because it has so much flavor. It just carries Christmas. It just gives Christmas and cheers. Cheers, Rachel. That was a lot. (laughs) You said this was going to be a long podcast, so I felt like I just could just go talk. for it. You haven't and even sipped I, it. Now I can drink. I know. Oh, oh God, I just got evergreen. Yeah, the the rosemary, the rosemary is like nose. protruding out of that champagne flute. So I think I wouldn't use rosemary or spruce if you have that. I wouldn't use it if I was going Thanksgiving, but I'm going. But the lyric is evergreen, so yeah, yeah. we got we got two cocktails here. We got a flannel cure, and we got a however. Green. Wait, so how? What are you calling it? Both of that. Flannel cure or however green. 
can you do me a favor, Rachel? Can you call it however green? Sure. Because I've got the flannel cure right here. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, we didn't note that we're both wearing our flannel cure we're wearing flannels. shirts. Look how cute we are. Uh, so cute. Okay. I made okay. a flannel, which is a cocktail, Rachel. It's called a flannel. Mm-hmm. I forget the history okay. of it. I was gonna look this up. But Oh, oh it oh, it actually is a cocktail. Yeah. That's why I, I that's that. why I was I afraid that you also know about this cocktail and we were gonna make the same oh, thing. But I love this. The okay, flannel no, cocktail it. is a is is made with cognac, allspice dram, apple cider mm-hmm. syrup. And orange juice, and we literally use those things at my bar. I, 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 I was just I, gonna say <laughs> this sounds familiar to me. I've not used the y'all spice dram in a cocktail yet, but I made all spice dram this fall. We've got it on our fall menu, um, which is like a. I made it with our clear white rum, and you infuse it with allspice berries and cinnamon for like weeks, and then you make like a brown sugar syrup. That you combine with this allspice infused rum, and it's allspice dram is used a lot in rum cocktails. But this particular drink, a flannel, is made with cognac, aka a grape brandy, which we literally make at the distillery. Yeah. So this is this is my cocktail. We've got our, our snitching lady grape brandy in here, a little bit of that allspice r- dram, uh, the apple cider simple syrup I've used in, in recipes past, and then some orange juice. So that's, you know, what's going into the champagne flute. But then, of course, Rachel, you're going to add a little bit of champagne on top. Of course you are. Um, so I'm calling this the flannel cure because it's not just a flannel. It's It's got a little bit of that cure. The cure is the champagne. So Yes. yes and also in a champagne flute. Cheers, Rach. Cheers. Clink, clink. Clink. Aquamarine. Clink. We're gonna, we are going to say that at, at this point. For every song, we're always going to say clink, clink. Clink, clink. All right. Yo, mm, that was good. Can't believe it's taken me almost an hour to start drinking that. <laughs> okay, Sam, now that you got some spirit in you, will you tell our listeners, what do you think is the spirit hmm. of Champagne Problems? The spirit of this song is pretty straightforward. It's a story that Taylor is telling but it's not in Taylor's perspective. I mean, we could speculate about that, I guess. But Taylor said that this song she wrote about two college sweethearts who showed up at the same night with very different intentions, one to end it all and one to propose. She uses the concept of champagne problems. Champagne problems basically means a problem to you that might seem frivolous to the outside world. That's a champagne problem. Oftentimes we say first world problems, but I don't know if that's like right. PC. So champagne problems is how, is how Taylor, you know, sings it. Um, what's really interesting is we'll get to this, but the whole time she's like telling this story about like the, the whole song reads is like a book, essentially. Like you're getting a little bit of like this information at the mm, beginning about something, bit, something has gone terribly time. wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody's haunted. But, you know, you get more information <laughs> as the song progresses. And then she does a really good twist. So we are going to do the, the twist lyrics. She does a really good twist. Like the, I think it's like the, literally the last line is a total twist. And that last line is what really... Wait, the last line is a total twist? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited that you are not prepared for this. I am not. Okay. I'm excited so, yeah, yeah, yeah. for your but, analysis. So, that's that's the spirit. I mean, there's there's not a lot of, like, 
depth to it because it's a really straightforward story. There's depth to the lyrics, absolutely. But as far as the spirit goes, that, that's that's the story that that the narrator is telling about is uh you know and they eventually like break up because so and so proposed and the other so and so was like nope ain't happening not today bucko it's not really the energy <laughs> of this song at all I mean you could say all those words or you could just say this is a song about a rejected proposal okay there you go <laughs> mic drop Rachel just dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's there's so much more to it, yeah. and you're exactly right. No, you're right. It's like, about it, a rejected proposal. more and more story. Yeah, that's literally that's but, literally but, the song. That's a story about that. But it, it it starts there. But it also, as we go through the song, and we'll definitely get to, into this more in the lyrics, we we almost get varying definitions of champagne problems. Or we get, yeah. to me, the narrator trying to make sense of the experience in this tr- rejected proposal to understand herself and the situation and i don't know if she gets there or not but sounds like the last line yeah. i don't know you have some idea yeah. so um, we're gonna get there okay the, the other thing to mention in the spirit is this the, there's also a, a topic of mental health in this song is like a big absolutely a big part of it yes um, so it's yes. not just the, re- the rejected proposal but it's about how the narrator themselves has is like kind of going through some mental health struggles and there's a little bit of commentary mm-hmm. on that um, that we'll get into. Um, the other thing to mention in the spirit, uh, maybe we'll save this for lyrics. No, I'm just going to say it, is the sh- the idea of champagne problems, I, I already talked about what that means, but she uses literal champagne imagery in the song as well. And, uh, you know, clink, clink to that as we drink our champagne cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheers. Let's get into the musical mixology, Rach, unless, unless you got more to say about the spirit. Well, first of all, it's important to say, like, shh. Taylor wrote this song with Joe. Oh my God. Um, That's insane to me. All right, <laughs> it's, it's Jover. Okay, it, it is Jover. And what was so interesting, I watched, um, she did this interview with Apple Music. And it's really good to go back. I'm going to actually reference it twice. Um, and the first time when she talks about, like, the interviewer asked her, like, you write some really depressing songs with someone that you're in love with, which is so sad now. That- supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> well, Joe and I really love sad songs. We've always bonded over music, so it was... Clearly, you've written some of the saddest songs of your career we together. What's going on? We write the What's saddest songs. We just really love sad songs. What can I say? Um I'm sorry to roll my eyes, but this is like how I feel about it. This is like the opposite. I mean, I love a sad song too. So mm-hmm. yeah, same Taylor. But this is why I think sometimes Joe started to become like too too much for Taylor. And she needed like this like goofy guy like Travis to go kind of balance her I love a sad song. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. What I'm saying is... I mean, she got some incredible music from this relationship. I think these were two very moody people. And you put two very yeah. moody people together, they don't really balance each other eventually. And I think there's something about Travis Kelsey that seems like whatever it is, he's a lot like my Mike, who's just like, you know what? Like, I got my own issues, whatever. But, like, for the most part, I'm just an easygoing guy. Yeah. And sometimes you need – Okay. This is getting off. Drink the tra- every time the train. Rachel brings up Travis Kelsey. Okay, you're gonna I'm be sorry. Trashed. You're gonna be champagne problemed. Seriously, 
So but yes, okay. Joe Owen, aka William Barry, which was the pseudonym. Interesting that if you look at the lyric or the song credits now, it, it once said written by Taylor Swift and William Barry, which was Joe Alwyn's pseudonym, but it now says written by Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. Oh, they've yeah. changed it. Interesting, right? All right. So we get like basically the only sound we get in this in this song is the piano. Okay, the piano and is like the heaviest the, instrument that you hear. But it's then there's the that heaviest string instrument. guitar, almost like a harp. I guess it's a guitar, but it sounds like a harp. It's it's Aaron Dessner's famous like stringy guitar playing. Yeah, but it almost sounds like a harp. This is why I need you here. I told you. Like, you always yeah. pick up. The, but the prominent sound is piano, and it sounds so much like New Year's Day. Ooh. Okay? There's glitter on the floor after the party. We get very similar chords and very similar, like starting off right away with a strong piano sound, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is so interesting because New Year's Day is about like, I've found this somebody that I want to be with forever or whatever. And Champagne Problems is like. Yeah. No. Well, so the piano of Champagne Problems, like that melody was written by Joe. That that was like his part. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he mm-hmm. helped with the lyrics. Probably not. No, she said that he didn't. He didn't write songs because he has an idea the way that she writes songs. He just plinks around on. He plinks around and she's like, oh, I like that. I'm going to use that. And she's, and, yes. and you'll get royalties. Even when we break up, you'll get royalties. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's 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 the main. That piano is the main thing. And I, I'm going to go back, but it's like a little boring because like it's just kind of like. Oh, like I want I want ready for it. You know what I'm saying? I want Cruel Summer like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That. That's fine. But. Like one of my favorite songs on Reputation is New Year's Day, so I think this is. It's why my least favorite song of. Oh my God, I, 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 I exactly. Can't said that. I'm so sorry, everybody. I, it's fine. That's fine. This is why there's so much content of Taylor because we yeah. all get to have what we love. Yeah. This yeah, is why yeah. she has such a huge following is because there's so many choices. Yeah. So and I I love I just love a good piano song. So this one hits. This just, just it gets me. It gets it me gets, right away. It hits different, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. the the thing I love about the music of the song. My favorite part of the music of this song is the ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, right before the bridge. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my favorite. Like, her voice is really fun in that moment. Well, she goes, like, she has such incredible range totally. in this song. Oh, she really she does. She goes low so to high. Yeah. Low. And which, if you think about that, like, there's high highs and there's low lows. And I, I think that there's that's always There's always symbolism, isn't you there? You know I got it. And there is. There's got to be. There's got to be. All right. But I think what makes this song so stunning is the lyrics. So I think this feels like a good time to transition into the lyrical music, um, the Taylor twist the lyrics, Taylor twist. whatever. The Taylor twist yeah. of it all, Rachel. Yeah, and you always read so well. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. Ugh. You booked the night train for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so you could sit there in this hurt. What I like about – it's going to take us forever. What I like about <laughs> this is that, like, we, we start the song off with, like, okay, what's going on here? Like, you're hurt? Mm-hmm. Who's you? Mm-hmm. Like, 
mm-hmm. who's singing right now? And granted, now we we need to contextualize this a little bit that this song is on Evermore, what we know about Evermore, like going into Evermore, what we knew about it. Same with folklore is that these songs, a lot of these songs, she was inspired by fictitious characters. And that is definitely this song. The song is fiction. Like I, th- this did not happen to Taylor. If it did, we would get more songs about this. Like you could say, oh, I don't know, maybe this is about her. So it's interesting. You, that's that's the part that I forgot that I was going to say in the spirit of all because people are like, okay, who is this about? Because we always do that, right? And definitely, like, we don't have any clues other than some people speculate Calvin Harris might have proposed. Oh, to gross! Her. Are you serious? The song is not yeah, about we, Calvin Harris. No, but we got we got like hints of that. In the Look look, look What You Made Me Do video, apparently there was like a ring box and whatever. Okay. I, you you know how I feel like every time there's like a Folklore Evermore song, I'm like, oh, but is it about this part of her life? Okay. But she confirmed in that same interview that she takes emotions, that she was able to take emotions that she feels yeah. mm-hmm. and put them into characters yeah. of a story. Totally. And it was able to give her distance. And so I think I'm going to like retract all my thoughts of like, I think this is actually about whatever of Folklore Evermore and say like, no, she, she is having these feelings. There are sure. feelings in this song yes. that she understands, that she can relate to, mm-hmm. but she's giving them a new image, a new story, a new story. to express yeah. it. Yeah. Which she's was personifying a, them through other characters. Which for her felt safer. Totally. It's and, like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And um, is an interesting creative challenge. So, yeah. so, right. No, this is a story that she created. Okay, and... going back to the lyrics here. Back to the lyrics. No, that was important. I'm, I'm not like describing yeah, that yes. whatsoever. It's just, right. it's just funny how we go on these. Um, these oh, things. it's funny how we do that. It's funny how we do that. Um, you booked the night train for a reason so you could sit there in this hurt. Bustling crowds or silent sleepers, you're not sure which is worse. What do you think would be worse, Rachel? If you were going through, mm. like right now, first first time listening to the song, you don't know what this person is going through. Like what what is this narrator singing about? You know, you eventually learn that they're heartbroken because they proposed and they said no. So knowing that, what for you, I'm just curious to know, would be worse? Would you be going through that experience rather be surrounded by people, which I think would be like a distraction? Or, or would that almost be more annoying because you just are, like, so freaking pissed and, and upset and mad that, like, everybody just shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, like, I, what, which, I which, would which rather – I need I need silent sleepers. I need mm. – because but I Then would you're be left alone in your like, deep thoughts and that, that could be just as yeah. bad, right? I would just be like, look at everybody else living their very happy lives, not realizing that I just had my entire heart broken. I would yeah. be angry. I feel that way a lot. Like when I'm feeling upset or I'm feeling like – the world is against me and everyone else has has it better than me. Like yeah. that's harder for me than just to be like amongst a bunch of just like either a silence in my own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you could like feel and you could like cry yes. if there's like you silence know I love around to feel. you. Like you yeah. can't like be in a bustling crowd and be like, Whoa. Right. you can, right. but you don't want that. Um, the other thing I was going to say about this first stanza is like, it's so interesting. Like she's not there. So she doesn't actually know this part of the story. mm. She's, I don't know, projecting, assuming like she's, and I think that's really 
important because I think that we're going to go through this song and we're going to see all the things that she thinks is going on. She thinks other people are thinking about her and she's feeling, she's recognizing that there is a heartbreak so bad right now. Like you, I must've broken your heart so bad, mm-hmm. but he hasn't told her that he, he, and so she's just assuming that what she did was so terrible and she broke his heart and that's what he, how he's processing it. Right. So that, that first, you're calling it a stanza, I guess the verse, whatever, um, doesn't yeah, have much so context until we move into this next part. Right. Is this the right. chorus? So some, yeah, I think okay. it is. We get a lot of chorus, very little The verse. chorus has changed too, which is, which is phenomenal that changed. she does that. It's very cardigan. We effort. love it. Um, we just love that so this much. This chorus, your turn to read, Rachel. Because I dropped your hand while dancing, left you out there standing, crestfallen on the landing, champagne problems. Yeah, so now we're getting a little bit more information, but still not a lot. Um, right. But because she starts it with because, like that whole first part is you booked a night train for a reason, so you could sit there in this herd, not sure which is worse, because I dropped your hand while dancing. I left you out there standing, crestfallen on the landing. Might be my favorite line. Mm. What I, 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 this, this is why what we do is so great. I didn't, I didn't break it down like this until now, but I was picturing he, and, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just going to say he's a he and she's a she. Okay. Um, that's just easier for yeah. my for my brain, but I know there's a lot of like that's theories if this, you know, this could be a little bit sapphic. There's maybe two two ladies. You can you can uh you know imagine how you want, but I'm gonna imagine that yep. he proposed to her, right? Mm-hmm. So I was picturing mm-hmm. he was crestfallen on the landing of this like ballroom. Oh or yes, or, I see or that like too. or like a, a very elegant place that he had decided yes. to invite her to to propose to. Um, yeah. Sorry, mom. I just ended that sentence with a preposition. Mm-hmm. Um, comma, bitch. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> but what's interesting is that crestfallen on the landing isn't isn't maybe the landing of like the the platform that he's on, not like the the Ooh. loft landing, but he had fallen from, or like um, he had jumped to like take this risk with her and he you know she basically dropped it so he's now dropping he's falling and on the landing from that fall this is giving me gold rush it is giving gold rush this is giving labyrinth it's giving like it's giving labyrinth if the plane didn't turn around this is (gasps) it's giving um Ring around the rosy. It's giving ring around the rosy. Pocket full of posies. Oh. Ashes to ashes. We all fall down. I don't that's know. That's sad. I don't know if that's really what it's giving, but okay. that's what I love about that line. It's crest I didn't think about landing. that, but that's beautiful, Sam. Yeah, like it's, so it's like it's like the crash landing, and and crestfallen means what? Like shamed from like something that somebody did to you or something. Crestfallen. What a beautiful word. It's so beautiful. Um, yet another time, Taylor Swift made me. Google dictionary.com, type in crestfallen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mentioned this already, but like this is the first time we're getting champagne problems. And I feel like as we go through this song, 
that we get lots of different ways of understanding what champagne problems might be, sometimes literal, sometimes maybe the opposite. It, like, it gets really confusing. Mm. And I almost think that that's intentional by like that the narrator is going through like trying to understand like is this a real problem or is this not a real problem yeah that is the freaking point that's why yeah that last line i know we're not there yet has a lot of significance yeah because so when she says champagne problems for the first time it's it's head scratching because champagne problems is supposed to be this concept of like this is a big problem for me but others don't view it as such and that confuses me because anytime that a, a a breakup happens especially from a proposal that to me seems objectively problematic not a champagne problem that to, like i think anybody would view that as a real legitimate problem but she's saying champagne problems like she's she is putting it in this context of this is nobody else's problem. Nobody else views it, this as problematic but me. And this is where we we get a little bit of insight as to her mental health, I think. Well, Sam, I'm thinking about blank space. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about now, if we're bringing it back to Taylor and the emotions she's felt, how many times has she been accused or told – and honestly, how many times are women told this? Like, okay, stop making a big deal of it. Like, move on. Like, everybody's heartbroken. Everybody breaks their heart sometimes. Like, maybe I'm even thinking about um, the song, <laughs> Threw Up on the Street. What's the song? It's different. It's different. Where, like, all our friends are, like, annoyed. Like, please, please move yeah. on. This is annoying. Yeah. Right? Okay, so, like, I do think there are times. Now, what I had to remind myself is like I know the whole story of champagne problems. I know that there was a proposal. I know about the mental health because we've I know heard the song that. before, but it, we've heard it before. But you have to read it yeah. differently, right? And so it's like an important process of reminding myself: wait, we don't yet know that there was a proposal. So right now, all we know, we don't is know that yet. No, she dropped his hand and left him there. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we we don't know the devastation, and so it could actually just be like, why are you like what? This is a champagne problem. Like, what's uh, mm, what's yeah. the big deal? Okay, yeah. so that's mm-hmm. like that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it kind of slowly changes where we are. Like, actually, that is not a champagne problem. It is a big big problem. But until okay, okay, okay. Just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> just don't get there yet. Okay. 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 So we're still in a chorus, I guess, because that's the, what I'm the... saying. Until this next part of the chorus. Oh, until this next part of the chorus. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so do you want to read this? Read this part. I said ring. your mom's ring in your pocket. Your my picture in your wallet. Your sister. Oh, sorry. <laughs> your sister. <laughs> I did I break your cart? Is that coming? <laughs> only because only, you only break my heart when we choose the same cocktail, and uh, we didn't do that. This, we this did week. it this time. So, okay. um, let me start over. Your mom's ring in your pocket. My picture in your wallet. Your heart was glass. I dropped it. Holy balls. That's so good. Holy balls. That's good. (laughs) Said said only my sister, Rachel. Um, Yeah. So now, now we know this is proposal. Your mom's ring in your pocket. Like, wow. He not only was going to propose, but it was his mom's ring. Mom's ring. Oh, we brought the family in already. Oh, like, God. Yeah, the family is a is a prevalent feature of the song. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My picture in your wallet. I like how that's just like painting the image of like he freaking loves her, right? Yeah. Like he keeps his yeah. nobody keeps pictures in wallets anymore. I want to. You want to know something? 
You do? No, but I don't have a wallet. Oh. Mike still has a picture in his wallet of our first date. Which oh my was, God, that's so cute. Which, that which is... was our like uh, date, my date party. My like sorority date party. Oh, you've, you've mentioned this on the pod before. <laughs> You've yeah, dropped some Easter eggs. It's in his wallet. Um, All right. Very, very uh, cute. Love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we're getting a little bit more insight that this this was like a proposal. Um, your heart your was heart- glass. I dropped it. This is what I wrote down in my notes. I can swear on this podcast, right? Because it's our podcast. Yes. I do it all I'll the time. Fucking what? course you can. What a fucking incredible way of saying I broke your heart. Like, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's literally the, the the term is break break I break your heart I broke your yeah, heart that's the I broke term. your heart but she just said but the heart, heart is broken glass. because I, it's made of glass I dropped it ah oh, it's, oh. so, oh, it's so good it's so good I just want to be that kind of a writer okay like like I love how like it's almost it's 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 giving the impression that she had his she heart had in her it. hand like mm. um oh yeah you know, that's uh, that's obviously like. Uh, uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, but yes, yes. she dropped it. And and it wasn't co- just a heart. It was like a, a glass. It was a fragile A heart. fragile heart. Like she knew fragile. his heart. It was, was fragile. It was giving fragile. <laughs> and she dropped it. Now, what we, what's not really implied, like dropping could be accidental, but it could also be like, like she didn't throw it, right? Your heart was glass. I threw it. No, 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 no. Um, she no. dropped I, it almost like she, almost like it was accidental but well that comes right after I dropped your hand while dancing so mm-hmm. like when you drop someone's hand that's intentional so when you drop that a heart, drop is intentional also yes. intentional yeah mm-hmm. and then she ends this course that line with champagne problems yeah now this to me could be seen as a real problem like, oh, okay, like you said. Like, yes, saying no yeah. to a proposal, like, that's yeah. a real problem. It's objectively bad. Um, Or, like I said, you could look at it as, you know what? Heartbreak is not a real problem. Like, you'll get over it. Like, it's Who fine. Who would this look at it everybody. like that? The narrator in this story. The narrator in this story who I think – um, I don't know, is confused about what champagne problems literally means. Now, I also think if we connect it to the next line that we're about to get to, that the champagne problem is a literal problem. Like, they literally had champagne there. That's why I love that. And yeah. We we get – also, the, the whole thing with your heart was glass, I dropped it. Like, champagne you drink out of a glass flute, which is super mm. fragile. Like, I feel like there's a li- – mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. maybe intentional, like, to have yep. that, like, yep. fragility glass line in there because yes. of the champagne, you know, concept. Um, but, but yeah, we – we we I, 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 I want to linger on this champagne problems concept a little bit. It's – I think one of the reasons I've never really loved it is because I – until today when I really looked at this, I keep, I keep saying the last line, um, that I didn't feel like – the, the concept of champagne problems was a justified usage of the term champagne problems because all I was thinking about was this is not a champagne problem. Why did Taylor Swift decide to call this champagne problem? Why is this character thinking it's a champagne problem? That's annoying to me. It's clearly not a champagne problem. 
we say champagne problems are like first world problems, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's almost saying, it, it sounds like you're saying, stop, this is not a real problem. Stop freaking out. Like, this doesn't count. Right. But I actually think that that's devaluing your own struggles. That, like, we're trying to put, like, a moral code to what a pro- what a real problem is. Mm. And, and I think that is a problem in and of itself. So, yes, is it, does it feel bad for me to be, like, annoyed that my internet isn't working when there are like terrible wars going on like yes but that doesn't mean it's also not very annoying like it doesn't it's problematic still you know yes like like like, like don't discredit my feelings right like i right yeah maybe in perspective it's not as big of a problem as other things but it is still problematic and it is still affecting my life in a negative way. And and it's affecting and, my And there's probably – exactly. That there's probably so much more going on. Like mental health is such a big deal, but it also complicates things. Because, yeah. it, because the things that bother me aren't going to bother you or vice versa, right? And, and so I think that that is the whole thing about this song is that like you could – one could call it a champagne problem or one could call it something really – serious and it depends on the perspective and mm. i think this narrator is struggling with that it's perspective. as most of us do as many of us do yes Woo! Woo, baby okay <laughs> where are we, we okay start with the second verse second first we only have two verses and we're literally only on the second <laughs> wait until okay. we get to the bridge oh my Oof, so flip. good okay but we're not there yet we're not there yet you second told verse. your family for a reason you couldn't keep it in so sweet. Your sister splashed out on the bottle. Yes! Cheers! You're my sister, clink. baby! Clink, clink! Clink, clink! Now no one's celebrating. Oh, now I feel bad for laughing. Okay. All right. I, here's what's hilarious to me, is I okay. thought, whenever I've heard this, this song, yeah. I thought being splashed out meant drunk. I was so excited. Uh-huh. To be like, man, Taylor Swift has never spoken more truer words than when she said, my sister is splashed out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I say, Sam? But that's not what splashed out means, apparently. Honestly, I thought the whole song was about alcoholism. It took me a long time to realize, because I don't think I knew the phrase champagne problems nearly as well as I knew. You thought it was like a problem. You have a problem. Problem with with champagne. champagne. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, and I, I thought the whole time it was about, just like but... you're this like, and like she showed up drunk at her own proposal, and oh then gosh, it was just like embarrassing. <laughs> just, Actually, that's what it. I thought. I love but it. but I don't think I don't think that's it. But I don't that was, think so. But I like, love, like I, I was thinking, thinking about, about this is yeah. this is me trying. I was like yes, thinking about that totally. Mm. Yeah. So apparently, splashed out means like splurging, like like money. Oh. Like she splashed out. And that she bought an expensive bottle. That's what that means. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I thought she'd already poured out the bottle and well, like, that's like a double meaning, right? like splashing sure. out. Like she's her sis. His family was there. He yeah. told them for a reason. Yeah. Because he's like, mom and dad, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna propose to my lady, and I want you to be there. Sister was there. She splurged. She splashed out. She poured champagne for everybody. That's a problem. Because... Well, and this is... Okay, again, let's go back to the narrator. So she's saying, like, 
you told your family you couldn't keep it in. Like what she's saying is like, she's admitting why this was so, must have been so heartbreaking for him that he was all in and he brought his whole family in. And the narrator is like, I super suck. (laughs) Super suck. I mean, I I think that's, like, why she's struggling. Like, I, no one is celebrating and it's all my fault. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, she's she's she feels remorse. Uh, but, you know, I mean, she doesn't – I don't think she regrets doing what she's done, but she feels remorse. Oh, no, we'll get to that. But she does – We'll get to that. Does. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, second chorus is different. Love it when Taylor does this. Yeah. Dom Perignon – did I say that right? Dom Perignon? I can never know how to pronounce this. Dom Perignon. I don't think you say the G. It's like Dom Perignon. Dom Perig- Perignon. Okay. <laughs> and obviously, sorry, Dom Perignon is, is of course, a, a famous champagne. It's, it's, a, There's the champagne. it's a bottle you yeah. splash out on. A and, very ex- yes, you and that's why I like how she's tying in the con the, the theme, the images of champagne into this song. It's a proposal. That's when you drink champagne, and that's why yes, ce- you, you also exactly. drink champagne on the holidays, and that's why I wanted to choose. This. No, but champagne is celebratory. It's celebratory, always. duh. But there's sh- there's champagne there, and no yeah. one is celebrating. Yeah, like, that's that's why I love how she ties in the the actual Absolutely. concept of champagne into this 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 song. Um. Your hometown skeptics called it. Called did they it. did they call it champagne problems? This is so interesting. So the lyric video has, which gives Ooh. you like the accurate like punctuation, if you will. It says your hometown skeptic called it comma champagne problems. That implies that they called it, like they knew it was coming. Yes, because they're skeptical. And they were like they're skeptical, and they're like, "What's the big deal? I told you, I called it. Like, obvious, she was going to say no. Like, that's a champagne." Bottle. You know what that line oh. also reminds me of is um, "Tis the damn season in Dorothea" when there's that, that mm. like that that relationship where it's like a small hometown. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. last great American Dynasty when yeah. um, what you know they're like whispering about uh, you know. She's a divorce. I don't remember what the line is in the Last Great American Dynasty, but well, yeah. she had a marvelous time ruining everything. Like she, how, did, how could a middle did. class divorce say? How did a middle class divorce say do it? And the yeah. whole town said that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, yeah how did the middle class divorce yeah. do it? Um, yeah, yeah, but that's it's. I feel like Taylor's playing with this double meaning as she does. Your hometown skeptics called it. So if you think about it, like. If if the hometown skeptics were calling it champagne problems, I like that. And because I maybe maybe the narrator is thinking to herself, yet again, nobody else thinks that this is a big deal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. What a good double meaning. Which is also terrible because they are all there to celebrate. Like it is. That's why it's so confusing. Like yeah. some people probably think it's terrible, and then the other people are like, "Yeah, I stopped, called it." Like it's so confusing. It's no wonder the narrator is confused. Yes. <sighs> wow, I'm getting really passionate okay. about this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. You had a speech. You are speechless. Love it. No notes. That's perfect. <laughs> 
Love slipped beyond your reaches. Love it. And <laughs> no notes. No notes. <laughs> and I couldn't give a reason. Love it. Champagne problems. Love okay, it. that's really important. Yeah. I couldn't give a reason. I don't have a pro. There isn't a problem here. That's the champagne problem. Like you're perfect. You're wonderful. You loved me. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you. I mean, and we're gonna get even more like to this actual story like, about how I would how have made such a lovely was. bride. Like I have no reason. No, uh, yeah. No. Like. Like. But. But just. It's just like this is just how she feels. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't have a reason. I'm fucked in the head. I'm so sorry. Yes. I know I'm like yes. skipping and I'm Easter egging right now, but it's relevant. Yes. Couldn't give a reason. Couldn't give a fuck. Maybe. No. Mm, I think she cares. No. Yeah. I think she cares. That's the whole point. If she didn't give a fuck, she would just be like, "Get over it, dude." Like, whatever. I didn't love you, but she never says that. Time for a refill. That was nice. Okay. I'm ready for this bridge, and I feel like it's important to say, did we already say this? Like, okay, Taylor said in that Apple Music interview that she loves to write a bridge that tells the rest of the story. She likes to shift gears with a bridge and tell the whole story, okay? Yes. And I do, I mean, that, that it, like, I'm thinking about Cruel Summer right now when we totally. just started to get, like, it's just like when she just, like, word vomits. Right Where like You Left Me and... does a very similar thing mm. as well. Yes. Totally. Flashback to episode, I don't know, 30-something when we did Right Where One You Left Me. One of them. Yeah. So, so now we're going to get, like, what was their story? What was their love story? Mm. Okay. It starts with your Midas touch on the Chevy door. Stop. Nope. I'm going to stop. Midas touch, meaning mm. King Midas, everything he touches is gold. Your Midas touch on the Chevy door. What is that? What What is that? Okay. So everything he touches turns to gold, but then he thought that would be great, and it wasn't. He thought that if he turned everything to gold, it he would be happy, and it would be, and it wasn't. Why does she specify the Chevy door? Because I'm going back to Tim McGraw. I'm going back what? to these old pickup. Yes. Oh, In pickup that trucks. song, she talks uh, She talks about an old Chevy, an old pickup Chevy. Oh, whatever. and Tim McGraw. Okay. okay. The song, not him, the song. Right, right, McGraw. right. Yeah. And, and, and other songs, like, like this imagery. I hate of... that stupid old pickup truck. You never let me drive. Well, yeah, just like this imagery she once had, which is more like a simple, young... And she goes to college, which we'll find out later because she says dorm. And I believe that they, like, in this story, they met in college. So, like, in here she is, this, like, girl that used to only date pickup truck guys. And here comes in this knight in shining armor, like, everything he touches turns to gold. And she thought that that would fix it. Like, she thought that that would fix her. Interesting how gold is the theme that she uses for Joe Alwyn. Interesting, right? Which, like you said this earlier, she's using her own personal emotions to project into this other, like, persona. Like, Uh this other character that she's writing about also feels that concept of, like, golden. Like, her partner is golden. I feel like we get – it seems like the narrator is well aware that her partner is – is golden like is 
a great partner, is a great person. She couldn't give a reason. There's literally like, I, I'm so sorry. Like you're a perfect, like you're so perfect. I think you're golden. And that's adds to that really the, the sadness of this is that this, per, this person didn't deserve to have their heart of glass dropped, you know? Yeah. But she's fucked in the head as we later learn. Oh, uh, we'll get there. Okay, we'll okay. get there. So. Sam. We either have to finish this or we'll just give it a pause and I'll come back. Rachel, I say we finish it. I say we finish we it. We can finish it. Okay. Yeah, we need to... You're not just touching the Chevy door. November flush and your flannel cure. This storm Cheers. was once a madhouse. I made a joke. Well, it's made for me. Cheers. <laughs> this storm was once a madhouse. I made a joke. Well, it's made for me is like... Yeah. And it's, she's like laughing at the fact that she belongs in an insane asylum. Is that well, kind of what that is? Yeah. I mean, she's like trying to like nervous, like, ah, I've got a problem. Does like, she say this? Because in, in lyrics, it's quotation marks. This storm was once a madhouse. Is it quotation marks? I made marks? a like, joke. That's what she said. Yeah. Like, is she saying yes. that to him after he proposed or was this like a, is this like a flashback? No, 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 no. I think this is like, yeah, this is a flashback. This is their dorm. Okay. Like, oh, well, that's funny. But she doesn't tell him that she has a problem. Hmm. He doesn't know this, and we'll learn that later because I love this part. I've I've been wanting to discuss this with somebody. I've never You're trying discussed to go fast. This with there is anybody. too many good words here. Okay. okay, keep going. However, green, our group of friends, cheers. Mm-hmm. Don't cheers. think we'll say that word again. This has gotten the Swifties in a kerfluffle oh, yeah. because we have always <laughs> wondered what is the word that word yeah. that she says yeah. we'll never say again because she says however green our group of friends and then don't think we'll say that word again which word which word rachel it's our i think it's our i think it's our i've always thought it was our. that seems obvious to me it never yeah that never confused me but it, really that, confused it didn't confuse me but i like that i think she's implicating like yeah. it's it's up for interpretation but it's our, our feels group. Like, like we're not as well, unit it's, it's, anymore. It's right. not our And group. it feels like a simple like throwaway word in there. Then you realize like, no, that's the most important word in that. It sentence. could also mean it's friends because like friends. after this happens, these people won't be friends. Like, you know. Yeah, except that she says we won't say that word again. Don't think we'll and say so that word again. And so I think he will still be with their friends. Mm. She won't. And soon they'll ner- they'll have the nerve to deck the halls that we once walked through. Another reason I wanted this on Thanksgiving, because we're going to deck the yep. halls, right? Yes, this is giving, tis the damn season. Oh my gosh, we were rushing this all of a sudden. But this feels good, <laughs> because this bridge is like so... <laughs> it's so it's good. I mean, so, she's rushing. We haven't even mentioned this, this. She's giving us so much information. So much information, and she doesn't stop. This, this is like one of her most yeah. iconic bridges of all time, because she just like spews mm-hmm. all this information. Mm-hmm. There's no break. One for the money, two for the show. I never was ready, so I watch you go. I did my little internet research. This is like mm-hmm. an old, like nursery rhyme or something. Yeah, but it's also the Elvis. But line. Elvis one for used the money, it. Two for the show, three to get ready. Let's go, baby, go. She's she's playing off of that. Like one for the money, yeah. two for the show is literally the the lines from this like nursery rhyme Elvis song. I never was ready. So I watch you go. Is her changing those la- those later that's the, lines? That's the twist. That's, that's the Taylor the twist. twist. I wasn't ready. That's that's her reason. I'm not ready. Well, and and she's trying to get ready. Like one for the money, two for the show. Like that's what that song is. Oh, it's, it's like, like oh it's like, yeah. It's about yeah. it's like getting ready to go. And then she's like, but then I was never ready, and I watched watched. Oh my god. 
<sighs> Sometimes you just don't know the answer till someone's on their knees and asks you, Rachel, he's not on his knee. He's on his knees. He's mm. he's begging. But it's begging. I mean it's 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 both meanings. It's like maybe I didn't pick up on that. Someone's on their knee, like proposing. Yeah. You don't know, he but really he's on his knees. This. Plural. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. propose to someone yeah. on your knees, but he's on and, his knees. And this is the first point of this entire song when I feel relief. Because she didn't know the answer and I think she wanted to know. And all of a sudden she finally knew. Something told her, finally, no, this isn't right mm-hmm. for me. And whether it's heartbreaking or not, that is a relief. That is that is a gift to receive that, even if it's sad. Wow. Merry Christmas. For for someone who struggles with mental health, I would say that that probably is a relief for the narrator. Mm. You know? Wow. You finally That's have an answer. Deep. Speaking of mental health, oh my God. <sighs> oh quote unquote, my gosh. Quote unquote, <laughs> she would have made such yeah. a lovely bride. What a shame. What a she's shame. fucked in the she's head. She's fucked in the head. They said. They what said. a shame. What okay. I love, like, we could dissect that, but I just want to say mm. before the Eras tour, after Evermore, after the song came out, Taylor had a comment at, at some point that said, I'm so excited to one day be in front of a crowd when they all sing, she would have made such a lovely bride. What a shame she's fucked in the head. <laughs> like, and when I attended the Eras tour, best oh, believe I yelled that line louder than so loud. anything I've ever yelled in my life. It's, it's healing. It's so it really healing. It really is. It really is. Now, what I wanted to say about that line is that they said... But obviously, no one is saying that to her. So I think this is a point where she's saying, I'm assuming they must have just said, what a shame she's fucked in the head because that's what she thinks about herself. Mm. She's just assuming everyone is thinking that about her. Mm -hmm. She's projecting, which I think she's doing this whole song. She's just assuming that everything she's fucked in the head because she already thinks she is. She thinks she's fucked in the head. Yeah, and that's such like an intense way to say like (sighs) she's disturbed, she's going through something fucked in the head is like, I wouldn't, I mean, I would never say that about anybody unless I really did not like them. Like, that's intense. Yeah. Okay, this part is gets so good, but you'll find the real thing instead. She'll patch up the tapestry that I shred. Oh my God. This is where, and, it, and like the intensity of the and bridge then, like calms down yeah. now, musically. Yeah. And then, then if she's twisting it, She'll patch up your tapestry that She'll I shred patch- and and hold your hand while dancing. Like we're going back to Never that first chorus. What she what she did wrong yes. in that first chorus, she's now putting yes. into the proje- pr- pr- the the perspective of his next partner. What she will do for him that she yeah. wasn't that she did wrong, right, or that she wasn't able. And to I do. also. I also think, because we get the whole thing again, and she says, with champagne problems, again, I think she's saying that this is, it's a champagne problem. Don't you worry, little, your sweet little mind. I know I left you, but you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to find somebody. This is not a big deal for you. It might be, it's going to be, it's a big deal for me, because I got a lot of work to do on myself. But, but you're going to be fine. You're going to find your good girl. And that brings us to Rachel. The last line. Yes. Yes. Where this whole time I've brought this up, I'm like, why is this a champagne problem? This is seriously a real problem. This brings it all together. The last line is, 
you won't remember all my champagne problems, which is saying she's acknowledging for her, these are champagne problems. He's not going to remember her champagne problems. These aren't objective champagne problems. These are her champagne problems. And that is the biggest twist for me. You won't remember all my champagne problems. At the very end, you get the understanding that we've been talking about this whole time is that this is her concept of a champagne problem. And that is why this song is superior. Clink, clink. We rushed that bridge, but like we got it though. We we did. I mean, we got it in. But I I think that beyond the bridge, there's just this little ditty at the end. This like this weird thing with the piano. My thoughts are I I actually have two thoughts because I I'm not really sure if I quite understand it. That that either it almost like helps to tell us that she's going to be okay. Yeah, totally. Like it like gives us this like hope, it's, which it's, I do. think It's we almost have like hope. whimsical and then funny and yes. and comical at the end. But it almost also it's like putting this like whimsical note to a very sad story, mm. which I think is what the champagne problems is all about. Like yeah. we get we get this whimsical idea, like it's not a big deal, like whatever. Just move on. Oh my gosh, and it's yeah. like, but wait, but that's still sad. Yeah. And that's, that's, oh my God. That is champagne problems. We, we, we just did that. Oh, we just we did, did it. it. I think Sam, I mean, I don't mean to drop your hand while podcasting, but, uh, and leave you crestfallen on this microphone, but this episode I think has to come to a close, sadly. Okay. Um, yes. But don't you worry. I'm not going to make you sit here and you're hurt. I am going to let you know that. You know, this is following. This song is following Thanksgiving. We're 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 getting into. We're leaving our November flush, and we're moving into "Tis the Damn Season." Right? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think you would I go mean, there because I, so much Evermore, right? I, I, yeah, so much. I Evermore, didn't. I, but I like just this, assumed you wouldn't do that, but I'm really I, glad I, you did. <laughs> No, it like the, it is it is tis the damn season is the obvious next choice. Absolutely. So, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're on our we're on trend of doing the same album. Weeks in a row. It's fine. So because it's tis so the damn good. season. I'm so excited for that. So good, Rachel. I had a speech, but now I'm speechless. So I guess all that's left to do is close us out. Swiggies, if you're thinking this podcast is a madhouse. <laughs> It must be made for you now. <laughs> then come on over and be a part of our evergreen group of friends on our social media platforms. Rachel, that's some of your best writing I think you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All I'm trying to say, Swiggies, is please support our podcast by rating and reviewing us on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're still waiting for somebody to write a luscious review so that we can read on air on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us at Swift and Swigs Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Tune into our show notes at swiftandswigspod.substack.com where we give you all the cocktail recipes and all the notes about the random things we talk about in the episodes. 
send us an email at swiftandswigspodcast at gmail.com. And don't drop our hands while dancing. Just just hang on tight because we are in it for the long haul, guys. We are having so much fun with this podcast. We're hoping you guys are having just as much fun as we are. Yeah. Your sister just splashed out on the bottle. My sister splashed out on the bottle, y'all. We, we 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 should one of these days we should splash out on the bottle like really. Well, Christmas bottles, is coming right? up and we are going to be together in person, so that is an exciting thing that's going to happen. Everyone will be celebrating. Everyone will be celebrating. <laughs> I love you, Rachel. So much fun. Love you. Champagne problems was was not a problem. This was the, no. the cure. <laughs> was the, the, this was the flannel cure that I needed on my day. Clink clink. <laughs>